everybody. Welcome to LifeHouse. So glad that you could join us here online today. We're happy to have you here. Welcome to anybody who's new. So I'm reminded of this verse in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He, as a good father, he'll make your path straight. So let's just keep that verse in our hearts as we worship him today. Over to you, Josh and team. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 
your sweet, sweet presence. I just got a sense that God wants to invite us into that presence. He wants to welcome us to his perfect embrace. And as we sing out to God, as we offer up our praise to him, I just got the sense that God is doing the same. He's singing over us. And in Zephaniah 3.17, it says, God rejoices over you and me with singing. So let's just take the next 10 seconds and just rest in his presence. Rest in the goodness. Rest in his assurance that you are loved, you are accepted, you are adored, and nothing in this world can ever change that because he is a good father. such a privilege to come into your presence to sing back to you the love that you've given to us we just thank you that we can can worship you and have that privilege to worship you in this place in our homes anywhere we are we can come into your presence and we can be with you We thank you for that. We thank you that you take those burdens off our shoulders. You take that fear that we might be struggling against. You take that away and you exchange it for peace. You exchange it for love. We just thank you for that opportunity to have that exchange with you, to have that relationship with you. We thank you for your goodness. And we thank you for this moment today that we can sing back to you how we feel and how we want to give you all of our praise and all of our worship. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So we're so glad that you've joined us today. It's great to have you with us wherever you are in the world, really. Um, We wish we could be with you in like physically. You know, we miss you so much. Um, But if you're new, hey, we want to get to know you. Uh, So if you use your cell phone, you can scan the QR code at the bottom of the screen, and that'll give you access to our newcomer's card. Fill that out, and we'll be in contact with you. And hopefully that'll give us the chance to get to know you, even in this virtual time. Uh, So welcome. Welcome today. We have a few more announcements. We want to welcome two new precious additions to LifeHouse, Louis and Sylvia Congratulations on your daughter, Jasmine Julia. On your beautiful daughter, Myla Irene. Welcome. We're so happy to have you guys. Congratulations. I'm so exciting to have new life come into the world. Praise the Lord. Um, this, this next time is a time where we want to give back to the Lord. A time where we can give our tithes and offerings And just yesterday, Sean and I were talking about how the Lord provides everything that we need. He knows exactly what we need, even when it comes to our finances. And how we we were looking at our finances and thinking about how God has really come through for us and really been there when we needed him and, and just given us exactly what we needed. And we, this is the time when we can give back. We can, you know, the least we can do in some ways is give back some of which he's given us. So you can do so uh, at the link on our website and also using that code there. Thanks very much. James, I'm going to invite him to give another announcement. Thank you so much. Sean and Ann, you always do such a great job with the announcements. And uh, it is great to be seeing you prophetically. I'm looking at a camera, but I'm looking at you uh, today. It just, uh, you know, imagining 
I know this has become normal. I was saying to people today, it's, we've been doing this for so long, it's almost become normal, but it's not normal. And it's, it's going to be great when we can get back together again. You know, here's the wonderful thing. If you're like, when are we ever going to get back together again? Once the weather gets good, we definitely will be getting back together again outside here. So, you know, we definitely know, regardless of everything else going on around us, we've in, we, really, uh, you know, a couple of months' time at the most, but it could be as early as like six weeks from now that we're able to do that. So it's coming that we're able to get back together again. Anyway, really quick announcement for you this morning, just in anticipation of the summer. We've got two summer positions that we're hiring for this year. It's a little bit different this year than what we've done in the past. Um, but we've got, I wanted to tell you about the positions because if you know, if you're interested in them or if you know someone that might be interested, we want to get the word out. The positions are on our website. So we've got these two jobs we're hiring for. The first one is a youth outreach worker. And the, this is for the summer. And we've got a lot of young people that come and hang around the center here at the Lifehouse Center. And so we want to hire someone that's going to go out and work in the community with those young people, be able to talk to them, befriend them, be able to connect them to things we're doing here at Lifehouse, maybe connect them with other resources in the community as well. And so if that's a passion of yours, connecting with young people, you've got to be really good at speaking to people, not afraid to go up to a bunch of people that you don't know, that are, you know, a bunch of teenagers that you don't know, and start a conversation with them and be able to just go and, and hang out and be present in the community. So if that is you, if you're interested in that or you know someone that would be interested in that, the information about that job is on our website. At, uh, if you, there's a, a job uh, tab up at the top. We've also are hiring an events coordinator because it's been a long time since we've been getting together. And we are anticipating this summer to be able to do things. We still may need to socially distance. There may be different things, but we're hiring someone part-time, uh, 20 hours a week over the summer with the Canadian Summer Jobs Grant, which funds both these positions. And their job is to be able to organize events for us to be getting together as a community. Picnics, barbecues, fun things that we can be doing together over the summer uh, so that we just get a chance to reconnect, be with one another, and, 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 and just have fun together. So again, if you'd be interested in that, uh, the qualifications for these jobs got to be between 15 and 30 years of age because this is funded by the government, Canadian Summer Jobs Grant. You don't have to be in school to, to uh, apply for it, but you have to be between the ages of 15 and 30 to be able to apply for the position. You also have to be either a permanent resident, a Canadian citizen, uh, or, or someone that has official government refugee status. You can't be here on a work or student visa. Uh, you've got to have official status to be able to apply for these positions. Okay, well, I am going to pass it off to Lynn, who we have the privilege of hearing from today. It's going to be amazing. Just so looking forward to hearing from her. Lynn, take it away. Thank you, James. Thank you, Sean. A big welcome to everyone who's joining us today. It is such a joy to be with us this morning. So today I would like to speak with us about experiencing God's goodness. We've just been singing about God's goodness and about how God is good. So let's dive into experiencing God's goodness. What is God's goodness and how do we experience it? According to the dictionary, goodness is the quality of being morally good or virtuous. In the Bible, the goodness of God is one of the attributes of God, as well as a description of his very essence. Psalm 119 verse 68 says, you are good and everything you do is good. Teach me your statutes. So God is good and everything he does is good. God's goodness is evident all around us. Psalm 33 verse 5 says, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. We see evidence of God's goodness in his kindness, his tenderness, his compassion, his provision, his protection, his salvation, his justice. We cannot exhaust the goodness of God. What is experience? I love defining words. Experience, according to the dictionary, this is going to be long, is... Experience, according to the dictionary, is practical contact with an observation of facts or events or an occurrence that leaves an impression on someone. 
So the keywords here are practical contact, observation of facts or events, or an event or occurrence that leaves an impression on someone. David, in Psalm 34 verse 8, said, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. What does this tell us? God's goodness is personal. When we were little, still little, I guess, in God's presence, we'd sing a song and say, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. God's goodness is very personal. We can hear about God's goodness, but unless we actually see or taste it, so to speak, it remains abstract. St. Basil put it this way. He said, as it is impossible to verbally describe the sweetness of honey to one who has never tasted honey, so the goodness of God cannot be clearly communicated by way of teaching if we ourselves are not able to penetrate into the goodness of the Lord by our own experience. So this morning, I invite you to dive with me into John chapter 4, and let's look at the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Let's see what God's goodness looked like in that chapter and what this woman's response was to God's goodness. And then let's apply it to our lives. So in John chapter 4, the story begins with Jesus and his disciples leaving Judea and they are headed to Galilee. The Bible tells us he had to go through Samaria. Coming down to Verse 6, actually verse 5, Jesus was worried from the trip. And so he stopped to rest, and the place where he stopped was by Jacob's well. And then a woman comes from Samaria, a Samaritan woman comes to the well to draw water, and then Jesus speaks to her and said, says, could you please give me some water? I'll just read that, that for us. That's John chapter 4, verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews did not associate with Samaritans. So historians tell us that there were actually a couple of routes you could take from Judea to Galilee. You could either go from Judea through Samaria to Galilee, or you could just go around Samaria and still end up in Galilee. And so most of the Jews would prefer to take the longer route just so that they do not need to go through Samaria. However, Jesus decided this is the route he's taking. He took the direct route and he went through Samaria. He made a choice to go through Samaria because like we know with God, nothing is ever random. Then he stopped because he was tired. This was a long trip. Most of the trips they made during that time were likely on foot. And so it would take them a couple of days to get from Judea to Galilee. So he was actually worried from the trip and he sat down to rest. His disciples went off to look for food. And here comes this woman. And it's so interesting that Jesus knows that Jews don't associate with Samaritans. He chooses to go through Samaria he sees a Samaritan woman coming. He chooses to speak with her, and he even initiates the conversation. He did, she, there was no way she was going to speak to him. Likely not. He initiated the conversation. Why? Because he is good. See, when Jesus came to earth, he came to earth to reconcile us to the Father. He came to break down the, what stood in between us and the Father, and he didn't just do that. He broke down barriers that stood between people groups. And in this case, we see him breaking down that barrier and just going, okay, this is what we're doing. Why? Because he is good. Moving on, we begin to see Jesus have a conversation with this woman. I love that Jesus took time to talk. He, he sat there and had a very lengthy conversation with this woman. They talked about many things. They talked about water, and then they talked about living water. Then uh, the conversation became so engaging, and this woman now wanted this living water that Jesus was talking about. And Jesus says to her, okay, go call your husband and come. 
Then she says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says to her, actually, what you've said is true. You've had five husbands, and even the one you're living with is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman then says to Jesus, I perceive you are a prophet. And so they begin, she begins asking all these questions to do with worship and places of worship. And Jesus steers the conversation so gently and so beautifully to bring in truth about what the Father desires in terms of people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So Jesus is still talking with her. So they've talked about so many things. I don't even know how long this conversation took, but Jesus was not in a hurry. He was still there. He was still talking, and she was still there listening to him. And so they continue talking, but then something very interesting happens. In verse 25, the woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Verse 28, it just it makes my heart just so happy because Jesus declared, I who speak to you, I'm he. And so Jesus has had this whole conversation with this woman to bring her to this point. He could have introduced himself to her the very first time they met. He could have just gone, I am Jesus, I am the Messiah. However, he had a very lengthy conversation with her. He engaged her. He was invested in talking with her to a point he revealed himself to her. See, it is the same for us. We can have a vibrant, intimate relationship with Jesus because he's not just interested in one area of our lives. He is interested in who we are, everything about us. He is interested in all the big and small details and everything in between. Why? Because he is good and because he loves us with an everlasting love. Jesus introduced himself to this woman in such a wonderful way. So if someone had come to her and said, who was that man that you were speaking with? Who was he? She likely would have said, he is the Messiah. But how did she know that he revealed himself to her? She had been with him. Who do we say Jesus is this morning? So knowing that God is good and that he invites us to know him and to experience his goodness, what holds us back? Well, sometimes we look inward. We look at our weaknesses. We look at our shortcomings. We think we're not good enough. We look at the sin we see in our lives. We look at the struggles. And we think that we are not worthy of God's goodness. We are not worthy of his acceptance. We are not worthy of his love. But this is not true. This is a lie. God loves us as we are. But see, he loves us too much to leave us the same. When we come to him in his goodness, he embraces us and then he leads us to places of truth and freedom. Jesus knew all about this woman and he still chose to show her his goodness. And today he's still doing the same. Sometimes we are afraid of what people will say or what people will think. Think about this woman. She probably was not in very good standing in her community. We already know she had had five men in her life. None of them were her husbands. And then she was currently with one who was not. And so if people saw her at a well speaking to another man, a Jewish man for that matter, wouldn't it just look really bad for her? But she didn't let that stop her from experiencing the goodness of God. She stayed. She lingered. She talked with him and she walked away with a revelation of who Jesus was. Sometimes what we believe about God does not line up with who he really is. And see, what we believe is a big deal. What we believe becomes like a lens through which we see. And so if our lens is distorted, if our lens is blurry, then everything we see will be blurry. However, just like this woman, if we will come to Jesus like a good shepherd, he will lead us into all truth. John chapter 14 verse 6 says, Jesus is the way, 
He is the truth and he is life. So having looked at all that then, what was this woman's response? How did she respond to the goodness of God and how can we respond to the goodness of God? Verse 25, sorry, verse 28 tells us how this woman responded to the goodness of God. It says, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? So she went to draw water. Suddenly she's leaving her jar and I can picture her running. I, somehow I cannot picture her just walking back casually to go to the city to tell them about the Messiah. No, no, no. In my mind, she's running to go tell them because this is a big deal. She forgot about the water. She's like, I need to share this. I need to tell them the person we have been waiting for is here. But isn't it interesting that when she got to the village, to the, to the city, this is what she said. I met a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? She paused a question. I believe in pausing a question, the people were invited to come see. They were invited to come investigate for themselves. And so when we experience God's goodness, we cannot be silent. Like this woman, we will want to share it. However, how we share it needs to be in a way that invites people in, that draws them in and says, come taste and see that the Lord is good. Moving on from the woman's response, let's see what the people of the city did. Verse 39 tells us, Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days. Jesus was passing through. He is now staying for two days. And they stay with him and he stayed for two days. And because of his words... Many more became believers. In verse 42, it says, They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Isn't that amazing? Initially, the Samaritans believed on account of the woman's testimony. But then they went to Jesus and urged him to stay for two days, and Jesus agreed. He is so good. He stayed on for two days. I'm not too sure what his disciples thought at that point, but they stayed on for two days. And after two days, these people in this city come to the woman and they said to her, we no longer believe just because of what you have said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. After spending two days with Jesus, it was not just about the woman's testimony anymore. It moved to becoming personal. They had spent time with him. And now they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was the savior of the world. What does this look like for us? See, we can hear about God's goodness. We can hear testimonies. We can be encouraged and uplifted by the things we hear about God. However, we should not stop there. That's not where to stop. It's, it's just an invitation to come in for more. Because like these people in this city, if we will be with Jesus, if we will stay with him, if we will dwell, if we will abide, if we will study his word and pray and spend time listening to his voice and let him speak to us as we speak to him, then we will come forth with a revelation of who Jesus is, and it will be very personal. It will not be based on what I heard. It will not be based on what we read somewhere. It will be personal. We will have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. So what can we take away from this amazing story? The first thing is that God is good, it is his nature. This is who God is. 
Good is not only what God does, it is who he is. Psalm 103 verse 8 says, The God is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and abounding in love. Secondly, through Jesus, we can all taste and see that the Lord is good. We can experience God's goodness firsthand. We can be fully persuaded that God is who he says he is. His goodness is not selective. It is for everyone who will come to him. And lastly, when we experience God's goodness, we cannot stay silent. We go back, like this woman, we go back to the places God has placed us in, our spheres of influence, and we share our testimony, and we speak about the goodness of God, and by so doing, invite others to come in and experience him for themselves. So today, let us penetrate into the goodness of the Lord by our own experience, and let us taste and see that the Lord is good. God bless you. Thanks so much, Lynn. Um, <clears throat> I would encourage you guys this week to just go in and experience that goodness for yourself. Um, you know, she mentioned, Lynn mentioned that God initiates that conversation with us. And he invites us to come and stay a while, to linger. And so let's try that this week. Let's spend some time and, and really experience that personal revelation that Jesus has for us. So may you be blessed this week. May you take that God is good thought into yourself and really experience that. Be blessed. See you soon.